Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Fierce and Free. I'm your host, Noah, and today's episode has been a long one coming. Um, I've been putting this one off for a while, and I know that I've kind of talked about it a little bit in past episodes about, you know, how I left the film industry, but I haven't fully gone into it and shared my testimony. So I kept praying on it and asking the Lord, you know, Lord, whenever you want me to release this episode, I'm ready. Just let me know. And for over a year now, he's told me it's not time yet. It's not time yet. And just recently he told me, okay, Noah, now you need to release that episode. So I am really pumped to finally let this one, uh, let this one go crazy because it's been, it's been a brewing for a minute. Okay. In today's episode, I really want to dive into the meaning of dying to yourself, dying to your flesh, and taking up your cross. And it's so much easier said than done because so many people believe that being a Christian is easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Let me tell you right now, that's not true, okay? Being a Christian is one of the hardest things that I've ever been called to do in my life. Being a follower of Christ, being willing to lay down my desires, my passions for God's desires and passions for my life. And... I, I'm just excited because I, I don't know if you guys feel this, but there is a shift in the spiritual realm. There is a shift. I can feel God raising up Deborah's, Esther's, Daniel's, David's, right, left, and center. He's raising up bold warriors for his kingdom. And I really want to encourage you guys because in a world where people live by their truth, we need to remember the truth, which is God's truth. So for the first part, I'm going to share my story, my testimony, and then after that, I'm going to share the lesson and give you guys scriptures on how you're going to be able to correctly apply this to your life. Um, All right, so let's go ahead and get started. All right, so just like you guys, I had hopes and dreams of what I wanted to be when I grew up. And when I was younger, I was sold on the idea that I wanted to be an actress or, you know star in big movies, star on Broadway. One of the two acting, singing, dancing came like second nature to me. It was just something I was naturally talented at. And so, you know, my mom saw this. She knew this. My family saw this. They knew this. They were like, you know what? We need to get her in acting classes, singing classes, uh, dance lessons. We just got to get her started because we actually believe in her. We actually think that she can do this. And so my mom, you know, she started helping me get auditions for, uh, I landed like a few Christian music videos when I was a kid. (laughs) So I started out pretty young. I was like 10, 11, 12 when I did those, um, throughout the years. So I started out young. And then when I was about to graduate high school, I told my family, like, listen, I just don't feel called to go to college. I, I, you know, I've always been a Christian. I haven't been like a, a serious Christian until about four years ago. But when I was younger, I, you know, I, I still felt the Lord in my life. I was, you know, I grew up a believer. I grew up in church. So I told them, you know, I, I've always been very in tune with the spirit. I knew that the Lord was telling me that's not the path I have for you. That's not the road I want you to go down. And I know this is going to be hard for people to understand because, um, you know, I understand college is absolutely beneficial depending on why you want to go. And when I told my family this, I was a little scared because mind you, I've talked about this before. Everyone in my family has a college degree and more. Like there are four attorneys in my family. Okay. My family owns a law firm. Everyone in my family has a college degree. They're very serious about education. But when I told them this, all of them were on board. They were like, you know what? Out of everyone we know, I think you can actually make it. Like 
tell us what you need. If you need us to buy you headshots, if you need professional acting classes, let us know because we actually want to help you. Don't waste your money. Don't waste our money on going to college if you really plan on doing this, if you think that this is going to work out. So I was like, okay, I'm, you know, this is what I feel. This is what I feel the Lord's calling me to do. So, um, yeah, I, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to go for it. And I think that's the biggest thing is having a very supportive family. Uh, I will say that helped me immensely because I was so nervous. Um, I was actually even up for a college scholarship for singing because I won first place in this uh, state conference. And so, you know, I even then I was like, ah, I just I, I know that that's not the Lord's will for my life. I think other people it's different for sure. You need to follow what God's called you to do and to be. And so, um, I continued down that road and I was like, all right, um, I do not feel like the Lord is calling me to go to college. So I'm going to go forward blindly (laughs) with faith and I'm going to do it. All right. But I'm not going to lie. I absolutely fibbed when I was in school because I remember when teachers would ask you, raise your hand if you plan on going to college. And I would raise my hand so high because I did not want to be that one kid who wasn't going to college because I knew other people looked down on them. You know, they were like, oh, she's not going to school. She kind of dumb. All right. I knew I felt it. I was like, no, I'm raising my hand, even though I was I was lying through my teeth. So now I can safely say, yes, I 100 percent lied. I did not go to college. Um, <laughs> all right. Moving on. So when I was about 18 years old, I signed with an agency and an agency just helps you land roles. They help get your name out there. Um, you know, they're pretty much your middleman between you and the casting director. So, you know, they just do the grunt work for you. They figure out, okay, they're looking for a woman who's a brunette, tan skin, could pull off Spaniard, Native American. Then they send your uh, resume off to them. They get the script. If the casting director is like, okay, I like her look. She's going to match really well with this other person we already have. Let me send her the script, see her audition. And then you send in your audition to your, to your agent and then they send it to the casting director it's just they're really just the middleman the best way to explain it is yeah they're the middleman all right so I you know sent in tons of auditions and you know I landed a few things here and there but when I was 19 I actually landed my first big movie role and it was an IMAX documentary that was narrated by Morgan Freeman actually so that was pretty dope but uh I I actually landed the role of Sacagawea she's the Native American on the back of the dollar coin and she helped Lewis and Clark with their expedition um I think she helped navigate for them and you know help them figure out where they were going so uh yeah and it's a crazy full circle moment too because in the fourth grade I actually did a project on Sacagawea I remember when they were giving out the assignments and they were like okay you know each person's gonna play someone important in history and I remember there was uh they had the option for someone to play Pocahontas and someone to play Sacagawea and I remember I wanted Pocahontas so bad and then they gave me Sacagawea and I was like, who's Sacagawea? And now like it was just it was cool because my grandma told she sent me a picture of when I played Sacagawea. She was like, do you remember when you played Sacagawea? And I was like, oh, my gosh, I completely forgot about that. So God has a very funny sense of humor. I will say that. I thought that was so cute. I I I appreciate the Lord. He cracks me up. Um. Uh, just really quickly, if you are listening to the podcast and you're not watching on YouTube, I am putting up uh, pictures and footage of when I used to act just so it gives you some context behind what I'm talking about. So one of the best things about me being an actress is the fact that I am ethnically ambiguous, meaning that I got to audition for an array of characters. 
I got to audition for roles where I was Israeli or Spaniard, Puerto Rican, Native American, Arab. It it was all over the map because I could pull off any character um, because of the way that I looked. And so, you know, some of the roles just to share with you, some of the roles that I auditioned for was uh, Jasmine in the Aladdin movie, the Disney Aladdin live action movie. I auditioned to play Jasmine. Uh, there was this one Netflix series. I don't even think it went through. I remember I got a call back for that and they were shooting it during COVID. And so that's something you have to remember is that just because you audition for it, just because they're about to take off, they might get shut down for no reason, just because there's Oh, not for no reason. There might not be enough money to produce this, just depending on how much it costs. So it was a Netflix series. I don't think they ever even got it off the ground. I've looked to this day and I've never seen it on Netflix. Um, But I auditioned to play this young Jewish Italian girl who uh, wanted to be a Broadway star. And so I had to sing for the role. They liked me. They called me back. Um, You know, I did a second round of auditions, did taping. And then my agency told me, you know, you did great. I don't think they're going through with producing this. So that was really sad. Uh, But they were shooting in New York and I really do not like New York. I would never move there. So uh, yeah, I, I, I think that one was a blessing in disguise. And then the the one the oh I don't even like talking about this one the role that just it still shatters my soul talking about it (laughs) I didn't land it and it still breaks my heart um if you're a Latina then you are gonna feel my pain but I auditioned for uh to play Selena in the Netflix series Selena and y'all I remember when I didn't get it and I just cried and cried. I was so heartbroken. Oh my gosh, that is every Latina's dream is to wear that purple jumpsuit and sing Como La Flor. Are you kidding me? So anyway, that I don't even want to talk about it. I still get pretty beat up about it. So let's move on. Um, <laughs> All right, so a few more years went by and I actually decided to sign with this new agency that actually sent my audition out all over the US. And so, you know, This was great because this is what I was really wanting. I wanted to kind of break out of uh, living in Colorado, just getting auditions in Colorado. And so I was starting to travel for work more. Um, I was starting to drive, fly out for work. And so um, I started to get a lot of work in this one state and I decided to just move completely because I was traveling so much back and forth that I was like, you know what? It's not worth it. I'm wasting so much money just traveling. I should just live there and just, uh, you know, pursue my film career while I'm out there and so I decided to move to this state and you know I only landed like a few commercials uh, a lot of background work um, you know a few roles here and there but it was really hard because I was in a state now with so many other actors and this was actually pretty good because it helped me stay on top of my game stay on top of my craft and uh, just to work harder because this is really a, a cutthroat Uh, realm the entertainment industry is very (laughs) you know it is a very difficult industry to bake to break through in so I knew what I was in for and I was willing to you know go go all in for it so anyway um a few more months went by and by that time it was about 2020 and this is when COVID hit and there was just nothing being produced it was just crickets (laughs) there was nothing and then out of the blue my agents call me and they're like Noah there's this role 
and is a supporting lead. It's a supporting lead with two big name actors. And we think that you are perfect for it. I, I was like, all right, <laughs> you know, send me the uh, send me the script and I'll audition for it. And normally when you audition, you get a callback, meaning they want to see you a second time for a second round of auditions. Normally they'll pair you up with the people who have already been casted and just kind of see what your chemistry looks like. And so my agents called me and they were like, Noah, you got the job. And I was like, don't like what happened to the callbacks? And my agents were like, Noah, they loved you. They don't need you for a callback. They want to give you the role. And so I was elated. I was over the moon. I was extremely excited to take on this, you know, this new role. And on top of that, this means I got my this. If I took this role, I would get my SAG card, meaning that I'm like a professional actress. That's like the best way to describe it. You're not protected by the union. Um, and so I'm a I'm a serious actress if I take this role. And so I was like, OK, send me the script. I'm excited. And so they sent me the script. And um, I wish that I used better discernment in this moment. I wish that I was a better Christian in this moment. Because when I got the script, I read it. I was so excited to have landed something after going so long without having been able to act and been able to um, exercise my art that I did not use discernment in this moment. And um, to this day, I still kick myself about it because it's it's an embarrassing moment for me. Um, when I got the script, I read it and in it, my character was going to have to use the Lord's name in vain multiple times. My husband told me that he doesn't think that I should take this role. And something to take into consideration is that my husband is older than me. He is a very strong Christian. He is a lot further along in his walk than me. We're equally yoked, but he is a very strong Christian. We have the same beliefs, same morals, same values, but he is a very wise man. And I just adore him for this. This is what attracted me to him. He's a very, very intelligent man. He kind of reminds me of Jordan Peterson, actually, if you don't know who that is. That's kind of what my husband, he, he reminds me of that. Uh, the way he talks, the way he, um, the way he explains things. It's, I don't know, it's, I love it. I love it. I love intelligence. It's just, it is what it is, you know? So my husband told me, you know, I don't think you should take this role. I don't think it's wise. Um, it's not going to be good for your testimony. And I was just too excited. I ended up signing the contract. And right after that, I felt terrible. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think I can do this. I don't know why I signed it. I just, I got too excited. I was excited to finally get my SAG card to finally be taken seriously as an actor. And, um, so you know what I called my agency and they got me in contact with one of their other, they actually, they had, uh, one of their clients was a big name actress and she's a very strong Christian. And I called her and I was like, hey, I don't know what to do. I don't feel comfortable cussing. I don't feel comfortable saying the Lord's name in vain on screen, but I signed the contract. I acted impulsively and I'm regretting it. And you can't get out of a contract. That's the thing. Once you sign it, it is what it is. They can sue you. Okay. You can't get out of a contract at that point. And so um, 
she pretty much told me like, listen, this is really bad. Don't do this, guys. But she did, she did tell me this so that it could get me out of saying certain words. She said, once they start filming, once they already get footage of you, there's no turning back. Once they already get footage of you, they can't just fire you and hire someone else and then reshoot all the footage they already shot, especially when they're on a tight schedule. So what you can do is don't say the words. Just say something different. She was like, if you have to cuss, cuss. Do whatever you have to do to not use the Lord's name in vain. And I was like, okay. So um, I don't want to say the name of the movie because I don't want people to watch it because um, it's it's embarrassing for me. And I'm sure if you do enough digging, you're going to be able to find it. But I am not proud of the words that I used. I'm not proud that I cussed a lot in that movie um it was not one of my finest moments and I do regret it to this day but um I don't want people to see my past mistakes and use that to judge me today because God has renewed me God has restored me God has grown me so much as a believer and um I just don't want that one mistake to to uh cause you to look at me any differently So a few months went by and by this time I had gotten married to my incredible husband, which also meant that I could no longer do kissing scenes. And, um, you know, I was fine with this. I just kept auditioning for different stuff. I was okay with that. You know, it is what it is. Oh, well, they'll have to get a stunt double in for me. You know, if they wanted to have my character kissing someone, that's fine. And I was still sending out auditions. I was still trying to land work, still pursuing my acting career. And out of nowhere, I got a call from this casting director who was working on a big project. She was a reputable casting director and she was working on this new film with this producer who had actually seen my work before. And he had worked with the producer that I had just finished wrapping up a film with. And he loved my work. So he actually was offering me the role. The casting director told me the role is yours if you want it. He loves your work. He thinks that you'd be a perfect fit for this role. It's a supporting lead. You'd be working with a few A-list actors. Um, You know, you'll be paid X amount of money. What do you think? Let us know. Uh, Here's the script. So why don't you take a look and get back to us? So I took a look at the script. You know, I was really excited and I was flattered. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even have to audition. Please tell me the script. I took a look at the script and, you know, it was, it was bad. It was rated R. It was, uh, there was a lot of, a lot of using the Lord's name in vain. A lot of cussing. There was N-U-D-I-T-Y in it and I would have to wear lingerie in a certain part of the film. And for a split second, my flesh wanted to say yes. Mind you, I'm married at this point. I'm married to a God-fearing man. And I supposedly call myself a Christian. And I was willing to ditch all of that in order to pursue and satisfy my fleshly desires. And in that moment, I was like, I had to take a step back because I was like, wait a second. Let me ask the Lord. Let me go to God. Let me, let me ask him, 
And by this time in my life, I had really grown in my walk. I had really been pursuing Christ. And, you know, I talked to my husband about it and he was like, you know what? Go to the Lord. Ask the Lord what you should do. My husband, he, you know, I already knew what his answer was going to be, which was, girl, hell no. (laughs) But he told me, go to the Lord. He didn't want to be the bearer of bad news. He didn't want to be the guy who told me, no, you can't do this. And, and, uh, you know, take away my dreams and, and ruin it for me. He told me, go to God. What do you think God would say? And he already knows the answer. I mean, he already knew the answer, but like he wanted me to figure it out for myself. So I went to the Lord and I was like, Lord, I don't know what to do. I can probably get out of wearing the lingerie. I can tell them I don't feel comfortable with that. That's, you know, something I, I don't think I'm going to be able to do. So the only part that was really the issue is that there was going to be a new DITY in it and there was going to be a lot of cussing and a lot of using the Lord's name in vain. And even though I wouldn't be saying those things, even though I wouldn't be sinning in that way, I would be partaking in it. Meaning I would be involving myself in a production that produced that and condoned other people sinning, other people using the Lord's name in vain. I just really wanted to get the go-ahead from God. I just really wanted him to tell me what to do. And so I was like, you know what, Lord? Listen, I'm not going to be in the laundry. I'm not going to be cussing. I'm not going to be using your name in vain. You know, I'm not going to be N-U-D-E. So what do you think? These are my thoughts. I'm just putting them on the table. I'm going to let you decide for me. Tell me what you think. And I remember so clearly what the Lord said to me in that moment. He told me, you can take this role, but it's going to prolong the calling that I have over your life. And after the Lord said that, I just felt this immediate pull to completely walk away from the film industry because I knew that God had something in store for me and I had no idea what it was. I had no idea that he was going to tell me three months from then, Noah, start your podcast. Noah, I want you to start selling custom prayer journals because it's going to help your followers seek me and grow the relationship with me. And I, I just think it's so incredible how God works because for the longest time, I thought that this was the calling over I had over my life. And I'm sure that, the, that it was the calling over my life for that period in time. And so here's a few things that we need to understand because, you know, when I was younger, I was like, you know, I grew up in church. I knew all the Bible verses, you know, the ones that say, you know, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That's the one I wish someone really explained to me because in my head, I was like, cool, I just have to keep being a Christian. The Lord's going to give me whatever I want because I guess he's a genie, you know, that's like what you think when you think the Lord will give me the desires of my heart. Okay, I'm just going to keep serving him and I'm just ready, Lord. Give me the desires, you know, give me, give me, give me all the gifts. And now that I'm a stronger Christian, now that I've grown so much in my walk, I can look back and I wish I could tell my younger self this, but when the Bible says trust in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart, you have to remember that earthly desires are not heavenly desires. Fleshly desires are not godly desires. Galatians 5.24 says, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. These two verses go hand in hand. 
The word tells us to die to our flesh, to learn how to take up our cross every day, seek God, pursue God, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Because once you start to read the word, once you start to pursue God, your desires will align with his desires for your life. When you die to yourself, you're telling the Lord, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust what you have in store for me. I trust that you know what's best for me and what I can and cannot handle. Lord, you know if I'm going to use this blessing appropriately or if it will cause me to sin and stumble. It is so hard because this world tells us money is your desire, fame is your desire, sex is your desire, sleeping around is your desire. Those are following the desires of your heart. Our feelings cannot be trusted. The heart is deceitful above all things. The more you read the word, the more you pursue God, the more holy of an atmosphere you create in your being. Another thing to take away from this is that your calling can change. And, you know, I thought that my calling for the longest time was film. And when I told you that the Lord told me not to go to college, the Lord did put it in my heart not to pursue college. And to this day, I don't regret that. Um, I, I, I do think that you can make it in the world without a college degree. So, you know, believe what you will. We don't have to agree on that. That's personal. That's personally my beliefs. Uh, and it's it's really crazy because, you know, I thought that my calling was acting and then the Lord shifted my calling and he told me, I want you to lead. I want you to lead women. And another thing to remember is that the Lord may give you a different assignment later on. He may give you a different assignment where you think, Lord, I'm not sure if I'm qualified for this. For instance, I do not have the spiritual gift of leadership. I do not have the spiritual gift of teaching, of speaking. And yet the Lord said, Noah, start a podcast. Start shepherding young women to grow and to seek me. Let's look at Moses. The Bible says that Moses had a stutter. It said he was slow to speech, and yet God called him to lead the Israelites. In Exodus 4.10, Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them the sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. And if you don't move when God tells you to move, he'll use someone else in your place. Look at Esther. Mordecai was telling Esther in Esther 4.14, For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. God knows your heart. God has called you to a position for such a time as this because he knows what you are capable of. He knows what you can and can't handle. You're not sure that you're going to be qualified. God knows you're qualified. You're not sure you're going to be able to use it appropriately. God knows you're going to use it appropriately. As long as you seek him daily, as long as you pursue him daily. Luke 16, 10 says, if you can be trusted with a little, then you can be trusted with a lot. Friends, I want to encourage you to seek God's desires for your life above your own. Earthly pursuits are going to perish. You guys, this earth is not our home. Our home is with Christ Jesus. What happens here on this earth is temporary. Sex, drugs, money, fame, it's temporary and fruitless. Why do you think so many of these celebrities commit, you know what? It's because they're unfulfilled. It's because they made it to the top and realized, I'm still not happy. I still feel emptiness. It's because they don't have God. 
God is the only one who can fulfill you here on this earth. And another thing about being a Christian is that you may not reap those rewards until you get to heaven. You may be a faithful servant here on this earth, but you may not see the payout until you get to heaven. I mean, look at Paul. That dude was a martyr. The majority of the disciples were martyrs and look how they died. Look what happened to them. But they sought after God. They pursued God. They proclaimed the name of Jesus. And you know they are living in some big mansions in heaven. Come on. I'm hanging out at Paul's place, okay? You know that dude has a big house in heaven, okay? He was in prison constantly because he sought after God, because he proclaimed the name of Jesus. He didn't reap those rewards here, but he's reaping them now. He's reaping them in heaven. So you just have to be ready for that. You just have to be ready to put your desires at the foot of the cross and say, Lord, no matter what the outcome is, I have to be okay. I'm okay with it. I trust you. I'm following you. Let's go. I may not receive those rewards for being a good servant while I'm here on this earth, but I trust you. You are a faithful God. I know you're going to take care of me, but I know that this earth is the devil's playground and I may not reap those rewards while I'm here because being a Christian is not popular. Newsflash, the Lord said you're going to be hated because of his name. Keep running after God. Keep seeking God. Keep praying. Keep reading your Bible. Keep going. My friends, I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's worth it. God is so worth it. He's so good to us. I know you may not see it right now, And maybe you're in a season of your life where it is hard to keep going. But I'm telling you, there is light, there is fruit, there is righteousness on the other side. Keep going. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day, Lord God. Lord, I just ask that you please cleanse us of our sins and unrighteousness before we step into your presence, Lord Jesus. Lord, I just ask that whoever is listening right now is able to apply these teachings to their life. They're able to apply the word to their life and that they don't feel unfulfilled right now, Lord God. Help them feel fulfilled in your presence, Lord Jesus. Help them know that they're doing the right thing, even though it's the unpopular road to go down. The road is narrow that we're going down, but we trust you, Lord God. We know that it's going to be worth it at the end of the day. Help us to stay strong, help us to stay united, and help us to keep moving forward in your presence, Lord God, and seeking the desires that you have for our lives and laying our fleshly desires down at the cross. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Alrighty, guys, as always, I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Please remember to hit that like, subscribe, and share with a friend if you enjoyed. Make sure to check out our custom line of prayer and application journals at fierceandfree.us. And as always, please remember that you are fierce and free because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right, everyone, have a very blessed week. Bye.